You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown. And today I am with the founders of Relationship Fun and Games and Fights Clean Sex Dirty TV, Gabby and Raj Sondra. Gabby and Raj, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Great to be here today. Thanks so much for having us, Joel. Yes, absolutely. Happy to be here. No problems, no problems. So uh, for those that are listening, uh, I had the opportunity to actually meet Gabby and Raj in Santa Barbara. Uh, we're staying up here in the mountains and... You know, the time that I've known them over the past or well, a few months, they've handed out so much amazing relationship advice. And so I couldn't pass on holding a podcast episode with these two because, uh, you know, they're, they're forever working and uh, dialing in and, and helping and supporting other uh, entrepreneurs and other couples as well uh, in, in their relationships and how to enhance their relationships and how to deal with the struggles and, you know, how to uh, really live a life where you're coming from such a place of love and support rather than uh, bumping heads together all the time. And so this is actually a subject that I feel is really necessary to, to bring up with, uh, especially the aspiring entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that are tuned into the Addicted to Success podcast. So Gabby and Raj, let's, uh, let's get into this. Awesome. Beautiful. So how do we find a balance between work and play when we're running a business uh, or we have a, a partner that is, uh, I guess, looking for the, the the time, the support, the love, the attention uh, when we're so busy with our empire that we're building. What would your advice be there? Well, my advice there is just like you know that your business is going to take some time and energy, so does your relationship. But often people will ignore their relationship until there's a problem and they don't give the relationship, they don't invest in their relationship, like they're investing in their business, they wait until that attention is demanded of them. And often when you do that, it comes at the worst times possible and the worst ways possible. So we're all about being proactive. In fact, we call it the, the fourth P. We, have, we, we often talk about a P3 relationship, playful, peaceful, and passionate. But the fourth P is getting proactive. So you never want to hear, we need to talk. You want to be playing and investing just a little bit of time, attention, intention, and action to your relationship. And when you do that, it becomes like play. It's easy. And your relationship just keeps getting better and better. And then in turn, your business keeps getting better and better. Mm, yeah, nothing I want to add to that, Joel, is... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've been on this entrepreneurial path for quite a while now, maybe uh, a decade. And um, through that entrepreneurial journey, I've had many different relationships at the beginning of it. And uh, in those relationships, issues would always come up. <clears throat> and then the relationship would fail in part because I don't have time for this crap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there before. I've felt that before. Right? I, can, I can be honest with you on that one. <laughs> right. And... Uh, one of the keys is to having yourself accessible to high quality people that are high quality uh, potential partners. Uh, even if you do that, you can run into this issue where there will still be 
issues in your relationship. And in fact, we'll show you in a little bit those, those problems are actually accesses to uh, the next level of who you are as a human being. And those very same issues will support you in having a quantum leap in terms of who you are as an entrepreneur, a businessman, and what you're capable of. I was stuck at a certain level of success. I helped uh, scale spec products, uh, a leading iPod accessory and MacBook case maker to $22 million. And I thought that was the key, the, the pinnacle of my career. And then I met Gabby and I left all that. And uh, we're up to a completely different game now that I would not be capable of uh, pursuing without all of the different issues and things that I've worked on myself that have come up because of my relationship. And at the same time, my relationship has just gotten better and better and better. And my ability to generate as an entrepreneur and a businessman have also gotten better and better and better. So much so that I can, without a doubt, say that that would not have been possible without my relationship. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That is beautiful, Raj. Uh, Gabby, I wanted to ask you real quick. I remember you and I were um, were driving down the mountain. Uh, this was probably about a month ago out here in Santa Barbara. And you were sharing something with me in the car. And you said something about a book. I think you kept a book or Raj kept a book. And one of you passed the book to the other and, and uh, said, read this first. And it, I think, what was it? Was it requirements or was it like a journal? Or what was that there? Oh, well, you, you might mean one of, one of two things. There is a particular book that my sister insisted any boyfriend I ever had would read. <laughs> That's David Data's Way of the Superior Man, which is a, uh-huh. a, a top, top read. Classic. But I think, yeah. I think you might be talking about, um, you know, we, we joke often that we don't come with a manual. Mm, yeah. And uh, except I've done all sorts of personality assessments and whatnot. And, you know, I've done them through the context of business and other realms. And I've printed them all out and I have it electronically as well. And I actually said, I do come with a manual. Here's the do's and don'ts for Gabby. <laughs> and we've done a lot of those personality assessments, whether it be Myers Briggs or, you know, DISC or any of those. And we like to take business practices and apply them to our relationship and relationship practices and apply them to our business. And so when we do that, we're learning, you know, take take these personal developments, take these personality tests and apply them to what does that say about the dynamic between the two of us? Um, also, as an entrepreneur, you're working usually a lot of hours. It's a lot more usually than the nine to five, mm-hmm. just at your own time. And you need to know how to reset, how to quickly in 10 to 15 minutes really get your personality back on track. And so uh, that book... Uh, that I created, if that's what you meant. Yes. Um, we, we've used those practices to learn how to support each other. Just for an example, like Raj, his personality type, he needs uh, something that is closed loop, so it has beginning, middle, and end. It's physical sensory, and it is uh, preferably water-based. And mm. in that case, I used to get upset at him all the time. He'd take like these showers like four times a day. I'm like, <laughs> what are you wasting water? I now know that this is his like 60 second reset. And oh. I'm like, oh, great. He needs a reset. Yeah, go take a shower. And so it's learning about each other, you know, having this curiosity to understand your personalities um, can make just such a huge difference in supporting each other. That's and, incredible. You know, there's a lot of buzz around this work, this word hacks, you know, like health mm-hmm. hacks or mm-hmm. that these personality assessments can be relationship hacks because you get to know uh, five years worth of information about your partner <laughs> in like an hour. Wow. <laughs> and you can totally have these nonlinear jumps in the quality of your relating because you know what resets your partner. You know 
for example, their love language. So, you know, you could be wasting all your time buying them gifts where they don't like gifts. They actually like you to do what's called acts of service. That's uh, a great example, Raj. Yeah, that's a, a t- another top relationship book is on your love language. And Raj and I discovered that our number one love language for both of us is um, acts of service. So like when he plugs my cell phone in at night so that <laughs> when I see him do that, so he knows I'll have a charge in the morning. Yeah. That means way more than someone buying a bouquet of flowers and bringing them home. Mm. But everyone's different. So if you find out what your love language is and what your partner's love language is, on adi- in addition to any of these other personality assessments, it can really be rocket fuel for your relationship. Yeah, Especially as yeah. Business, busy entrepreneurs, you don't waste your time yeah, <laughs> you doing need, the wrong thing. You need high impact, quick, <laughs> right. le- quick intimacy. Right. <laughs> it, it, great point. Great point. So that's that's uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, uh, the Five Love Languages book. That's an amazing book. You can even do the test online. I think it takes like ten or fifteen minutes. I did it, and I felt like it was so on point. And a number of my friends that I refer it to. They believe in it too, so jump on that. Uh, also, what personality tests again would you recommend, real quick? Uh, the Myers Briggs is the the most common mm-hmm. one, and you know that you know, for example, tells you if you're introverted or extroverted, which doesn't mean how gregarious your personality is. It just mm-hmm. means um, whether you recharge by having time alone versus recharging by being with other people, which was huge in our relationship because I, you can't get more extroverted than me. I mean, I just love people, strangers, friends, never need a door locked. I could have house guests every night. Raj absolutely needs his downtime. And for the first, I don't know, eight or nine years of our relationship, that was our biggest argument, I think, wow. is how much social time we were having. Yeah, and you might think it's a pro- like something's wrong with you, but when you actually read these uh, sources of information, you're like, oh no, that's there's some people like that, and there's some people like this, and this is what you do about it. So, and then there's a intuitive um, versus sensory. I won't go through all of these um, in detail, but and then the the just so people know what Myers Briggs stands for when someone says, oh, I'm an ENFJ or I'm an ITP. You know, there's mm-hmm. all these codes to it. Um, and then the last one is if you're a judger or perceiver, which was really important because judgers organize information on the outside and perceivers organize information on the inside and so if one person is like wants to take lists and have plans and have things be clear whereas the other person wants to free flow and go by you know fly by the seat of their pants and put out fires it's helpful to know your personality type and how to especially if you're different it's great when you're similar mm-hmm. but uh, and can be great when you're different mm-hmm. but you just want to know how to work around those yeah. I will also point to one website personality hackers they have a great assessment tool whether it's business relationships um, and they're just a fantastic website, personalityhackers.com. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. This is uh, so insightful. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing this. I know we're like 10 minutes in and everyone's already getting a number of uh, resources and tools uh, straight away. So thank you, thank you. So what are the most common problems that you both come across with entrepreneurial couples when you're on your coaching calls with them or you're, you're running your mastermind groups? Well, the most common problem, regardless of which group we're talking to, is, um, you know, we call it the autopilot attitude, when people just think that relationship is going to happen on its own. And, you know, we're complex beings just on our own, just understanding our own emotions and habits and patterns and getting getting ourselves to change our own behaviors. And then you have a second person involved in how complex that gets. And we just expect it to happen on our own. We take care of our bodies, our businesses, you know, our money, but we just expect that to happen by itself. And then what happens is that 
only your health is something that impacts your life more than your relationship. You know, Raj often says, if your relationship sucks, your life pretty much sucks. So first and foremost is just um, people really understanding it doesn't have to be work, but it does take some effort. Yeah, and so, you know, that question of what's the most common thing that we see, it's often that, uh, that people don't embrace the problems in their relationship. And this is one of the key points of all of our work, and Gabby's come up with a, a, a wonderful sort of tongue twister on this. You want me to say yeah, it? Yeah. Um, well, the short version is the problem is the path. But the full explained version is, you know, the problem isn't a problem. The problem is you think the problem is a problem. The problem is actually the path. So if you stop resisting that upset, you stop resisting that thing that they keep wanting to do that you don't want to do, and you actually, you know, look at the conflict as actually your teacher, the conflict can become connection, the argument can become intimacy. So we just stopped pushing away or ignoring our problems and started leaning in, and not just when they were happening, but proactively, like in advance, deciding who do we say we are as a couple? What do we want our life to look like? So that we're not waiting for to become the Bickersons, not waiting for things to get really bad, but we're really we're aiming towards what we want rather than, you know, waiting until there's a relationship fire to put out. Yeah, and so the first thing is to embrace that the problem is the path, and the second thing is to actually have tools that very efficiently and effectively take those problems and actually turn them into the path, because the problems don't just become the path. You actually have to know how to deal with them to give you access points to you know, moving to the next level. It's the same thing with business. When you encounter, encounter a, business, uh, a business problem, you don't like go find another business. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, what is that problem teaching me? And actually, you've heard many times that the more quickly that problems come up, the faster you can succeed because those are all uh, very high potency uh, points that show you where your business model is wrong, your thinking is flawed. Same thing in your relationship. Yeah, you may have heard um, you know, that um, successful people fail fast. And that applies to business and to life. You have a problem and instead of getting stuck and fighting about the same thing for hours or weeks or months or however long, you're like, okay, that's a problem. What do we do about it? Solve it. All right. You get empowered. We're moving forward. Excellent. Mm. It's not a problem. It's just the path to the next level. Yeah, I love that so much. The problem is uh, uh, the path. Yeah, I love that. Uh, my friend uh, Ryan Holiday is an incredible author. We featured him on the podcast. Uh, he uh, put out a book about a year ago called The Obstacle is the Way. Mm. And this is based off success, right? And so he, he, he shares you know, a number of stories of all these revered uh, game changers in, in history, how they faced that obstacle, made it through, and that ended up being the, the path that they trailblazed and, and just changed the uh, course of history forever. So I believe that you, you bring that into your relationship, same principle uh, applies. So yeah, I love that so much. That's that's great, guys. Love it. Yeah, and it's so gratifying and fulfilling when you take that very thing that was pushing you apart or creating failure in your business and you actually go after it consciously and you bring it to the next level. It's so amazingly gratifying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Raj and I are all about not just you know, moving forward and not just moving on after an argument, but actually moving forward and not just getting through the fight and making it stop, but actually take that thing that was pulling you apart and you shift it so that it actually brings you together. 
Um, you know, we really don't want, we don't mind having a breakdown as long as that breakdown leads to a breakthrough. And we have some specific um, tips and practices um, that if we have time here, we can, we can share a few of those that work. How can you take that thing that's pulling you apart and actually have it cause the intimacy? Yes, yes. Please share it. Yeah, share it. We'll share it a little bit later in the uh, the podcast episode. Uh, Raj, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, and, and you were talking about how uh, your relationships can fuel your performance as an entrepreneur in a positive way. So how can our relationships fuel our performance? Great. Yeah, Joel, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. And um, there are any human being has limiting beliefs and they have um, you know habits that don't serve them basically as as you're the from the point that you're born to sometime in your mid to late 20s depending if you're on a, a male or a female uh, you form a, a box that you perform within based uh, on all the different things that you've had to deal with in life without yeah. a lot of the capacity as a wise older human being to actually deal with them in a conscious manner and you form all these belief systems and habits and, and ways of navigating life that kind of boxes you into to a certain set of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nothing better than um, uh, a business can really shake that up because you'll face problems that force you to go outside of that box to examine your limiting beliefs, examine your uh, habits from the past, uh, because you will not get to the next level in your business just using your old stuff. <laughs> yeah. A relationship then is equally as effective at getting you to look and transform those limiting beliefs, habits, etc. And you know, I mentioned it earlier that I thought that I had the best career and business path and was really killing it. And then I met Gabby, and I had no idea what was possible. You know, now we're up to businesses that are up to transforming, uh, you know, what it is to be human being on the planet. I never would have considered doing that without mm-hmm. having Gabby in my life and actually taking on the challenges that we have in our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're amplifying each other's greatness, right? Oh, you're you're both said. overflowing each other's cup. It's not like one sitting there with a half-filled cup waiting for the other person to fill it. It's like you're both there, just challenging each other and supporting each other at the same time it's it's so beautiful to see yeah 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 so what would your advice be for because i I get asked this quite often you know with a lot of my friends that are entrepreneurs they're like what do you think i should do should i go out with a chick that is uh you know an entrepreneur also or should i go out with somebody that is in a nine to five and you know vice versa a girl's asking me if they should be with a guy that's an entrepreneur and so on so what are the what do you guys see as the kind of the pros and cons there and and like what differences do you see when you're coaching someone that is in a nine to five as opposed to somebody that's in, uh, an entrepreneur dating the opposite or dating um, the the same uh, same entrepreneur that's uh, you know building a business with their their spouse? You know, it's a great question and really because it applies to so many different relationship questions in that um, there's no situation that's cookie cutter. You know, anyone Mm -hmm. who's been in love before knows that there is no, you know, people can give all sorts of specific um, advice on how to choose a partner, but what it really comes down to is when you meet someone you know and they're the one, it won't matter if they have a nine to five or an entrepreneur or they don't work at all, Um, but there are pros and cons to the different categories. You know, when Raj and I got together, we both had nine to five jobs. I was um, working as an administrator, an academic counselor and teacher, and as he had mentioned, he was working 
working with spec and took spec from zero to 22 million in what, two years? Um, so we had a different lifestyle. And then six months after meeting me, he quit his job and I had quit my job deciding I just wanted to do something new, not knowing what to do. And we became entrepreneurs working in different companies, but entrepreneurs nevertheless. And then a few years into that, we decided, you know what? We really like being around each other and our skills are complementary. Let's work together. And now we're entrepreneurs working with two companies, Relationship Fun and Games, and a company that's mostly Raj's baby, Transformance. And so uh, a few things, you know, what the number one tip, if, you are one of the, if you're listening right now and you're one of those couples that is actually working together on a company or on a project, a couple of tips there. The first thing we learned is never under any circumstances reach over your partner's shoulder and touch their computer. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a basic one. <laughs> Uh, that's a great rule. <laughs> that was the first level, yeah. There was a lot of tension created. Well, let me just show you. No, no. don't show me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure so many people can relate to this it's right now. Step too. <laughs> away from the laptop. Um, the second uh, thing that we learned is uh, we call it stay in your lane. So I write all the copy, you know, I, I do the content, you know, Raj holds all the tech and all the project management. And so I'm not going to tell him about hiring or about how to manage it, what software, software to use for our project management. And he's not going to rewrite the blog I just wrote. So we call that stay in your lane, know what your roles are, get clear about I do this and you do that and stay in those lanes is another tip. <laughs> Now, if you're working one person entrepreneur and the other nine to five, again, it's embrace the problem. You might think, oh, I need to work this Saturday and do this. And she's thinking or he's thinking, oh, this is my day off. This is Saturday. I really want some time to spend with you. If you embrace that challenge, you're going to see, oh, you know what? My partner helps me have balance and make sure I have time off instead of why this is a problem. So again, the problem is the path. So my, my general advice, whether your, your beloved is an entrepreneur with you, an entrepreneur in their, their own project, or you're, they're working the nine to five, look at what's working and look at what the problems are, but embrace the problems as access to something working even better. Um, because you know you can ask yourself, is that relationship an asset or a liability? And it's actually up to you to decide that. You can take something that feels like it's a weight around your neck, and you can actually turn it around so that it becomes wind in your sail. A couple of things I just want to add to that, Joel, along the stay in your lane, mm -hmm. is uh, understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are, uh, really understanding each other's zones of genius. And I remember... Early on in the relationship running games business, I would always try to create the copy and Gabby would write it and I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense, blah, blah, blah. And we'd get into all of these friction points because I was trying to do what she was great at. Uh, she wasn't necessarily coming over and trying to do what I was really good at, managing the products and things of that nature. And when I finally just got how awesome Gabby is at copywriting, it's just brilliant because I don't have to like waste all this time doing something I'm not good at. I can focus on what I'm doing. It feels there's nothing that feels better than being like I was just on a call uh, before this podcast working with our web designer and I roughed out some copy and I'm like Gabby will fix that. Let's just get a quick placeholder for her. She'll fix it and knock it out of the park later. And one way to help you understand your partner's zone of genius is uh, the Clifton Strength Finder test. Oh, that's a great assessment. That's a good one. So this test 
uh, at its top level shows you your top five strengths, and it's uncanny when you actually read the description of the five strength words, how accurately it describes you. You're like, how do they know that about me? This test only took 10 minutes. And it's cheap. It's quick. It's only like 10 or $15, and they'll tell you your top five strengths. I think you have to pay like 90 or 100 if you want to see how you scored in all 35 categories because they want you to focus on your strengths. And although looking at the complete list can be helpful. So, for example, my 35th one was competition. And I discovered I'm just not motivated by competition. I want everyone to win. So you can learn about yourself and about your partner. But finding out that, you know, one of Raj's top strengths was being visionary. And I used to always think like, hey, pay attention. But I now understand that when he's not paying attention, it's because he's in his mind thinking up some grand scheme of where we're going to go next. <laughs> yeah, go. we're going to tell you some funny story about how that led to a, a fun relationship funding games tool in driving. But one other thing I wanted to say. Yeah, a tip, a tip for never fighting in the car yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I just wanted to mention is that in so many ways, your relationship is a business. Um, and in a business... You have to have so many different kinds of people and personalities to have it be great. And so whether you're an entrepreneur and your partner is a stay-at-home supporter or uh, a 9-to-5 worker, whatever the case may be, uh, if you've found the one for you, embrace all of the similarities, all the differences, and that is just going to have not only your relationship be great, but also your life as a business owner be great. Yes, yes. I love that. So it's like it's like wanting to get to know your partner as well as you can. Like how can you know the the goods and bads and whatever, right? Like they're, they're themselves. The number one key that I find in so many of these entrepreneurs that I interview on this podcast is they share that like self-awareness is so important. So why are we wasting time not learning about ourselves when we could have greater relationships, greater sex, greater uh, business achievements uh, it's a no-brainer to, to at least tap into some of these personality tests and put them to you know the test and experiment within our own relationships I, I think this is great I'm, I can't wait to put this episode out you guys are delivering so much value thank you <laughs> You know, and on that note with the, the personality uh, assessments, you know, a lot of your, your question there was earlier was about, you know, choosing a partner. And when Raj and I first started doing relationship work, that was the first tip I said was, before I give you any of these tips about what to do in a relationship, my first tip is to choose wisely. Um, but I do want to caution people that choose wisely doesn't mean it all starts perfect and wonderful. Raj and I, our relationship was so... Um, messy and dramatic that at our engagement party our good friend pulled us aside and here we thought he was going to give us an engagement gift which is what he normally is just this great yeah. gift for her, you know. <laughs> and instead here we are at the engagement party and he pulls us aside and he says you know I don't think you guys should get married <laughs> so embarrassing wow. he said it looks his exact words were it looks pretty messy from here Oh, it's a great friend. <laughs> yeah, and, and so when I tell people to choose wisely, I don't mean choose perfectly. I mean, you want to listen to who's making the choice. And what I've come down to after talking to so many couples and doing so much research and so much reading is that you want to listen to your body, just like in making business decisions. You know, you want to get as much information as possible. So you might do a personality assessment. You might have your friends meet them, get all sorts of feedback. But your gut is always going to tell you more than your mind. And I've mm -hmm. worked with couples or a person who has said, you know, on paper, like, I mean, he's attractive, he's got, he's, you know, got a great family, he, you know, is healthy, you know, all these great things, but it just doesn't feel right. Mm 
versus with Raj and I, it just felt like we had been together for decades, if not lifetimes. He was just so relaxing to be around, but we were fighting. I mean, we're talking like he punched holes in the wall. I mean, it was <laughs> messy. But my intuition, my body said, this is it. And so I trusted that and we then got to work on the problem. So listen to your gut. Um, you know um, whether a relationship is good for you or not. And while life is difficult, you know, I like to often say, you know, life is too tough to do alone, but a crappy relationship is worse than none at all. <laughs> and a wonderful one is so worth it. You know, I was 36 yeah. when we got together. He was uh, 39. And uh, we waited until we, we found a relationship that we could really do the work to grow on. But don't expect it to be easy, um, but uh, it, it is worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. And for those that are listening, uh, Raj, the person that Raj is now, he's the complete opposite of a wall puncher. He's like Mr. Zen. <laughs> he gives people massages and he's all chill and he's like soft-spoken. He's a great guy. So yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is possible to change. <laughs> Absolutely. We like to say we are, we're proof that transformation is possible yes. uh -huh. because then it was, you know, flat, fast forward a, a few years, we had a friends come to us and say, look, we're getting married. We want to have five couples represent the five values of our marriage and we'd like you to represent devotion. Mm -hmm. And we were so honored to be asked as a couple, you know, to represent, um, you know, a value for love. But they led a lot of seminars. This is our friends Brian Franklin and Jennifer Russell. And so they led a relationship seminar two days later and asked us to speak. And that was the first time we spoke on relationship. And people were just so into it. Their only complaint was that they were uh, laughing so hard they couldn't hear everything that we had to say. We bring a lot of fun and play and humor to our work. So. And so my, the reason I'm telling you that is that we went from people advising us to not be together to people asking us to stand for them in their wedding. And even we've had someone stop us on the street and write a song about us on the street, so it's now palpable. So if you're having a tough time in your relationship, you know, I, people give up way too early. Just a few refinements here and there. Maybe this is a good time to get into that one or two tips we were talking about. A couple tip, you know, refinements here and there can make a dramatic difference, and good relationships can be great rather than walking away. Yeah, I just powerful. before we get into those tips, I just wanted to say one thing about the the punching the wall. So this is a really good example of, so I'm, I'm by nature not like a super angry, aggressive person, but the problems that Gabby and I would face would get me so angry that I just couldn't like manage my anger. And the interesting thing is that uh, that underlying ability, whether it's a, like a lack of ability to communicate what my needs or those things were in me and those things would come out in a business setting uh, you know, I'm a uh, my, my other business transformance business consulting. I'm a business coach, and I lead uh, leaders to produce great results in the world. And my the very same thing that helped me not have to punch the wall and be able to not control my anger or energy um, directly translated in my ability to be a, a calm, effective holder of space for very tense situations with leadership groups. So again, just alluding to this fact that uh, your relationship helps you transform the very things that you need to excel in your business. Yeah, yeah, I know that's such a great point, Raj. That's such a great point. Uh, the big question here is how do we not fight in the car? <laughs> like this is, I, I mean, how many people that are listening right now have, have had that argument in the car and that just that, like the tension in the air you could cut it with a with a knife right it's just 
yeah, it, it's not fun. You know, when you're sitting there in the car and there's an awkward silence and you're going for the long haul, the long drive down the road. Um, how oh, do sometimes we, how silence do we would be out? welcome with some of the car arguments. <laughs> <in> the car. <laughs> that is true too. <laughs> so, so how do we not fight in a car? Yeah, you know, this one, Raj alluded to it before when we were talking about the strengths finder, and I mentioned that one of his top five strengths is being a visionary. Uh, and, you know, lots of couples fight in the car, if not most couples. You know, and the worst is, you know, you're about to drive up to a dinner party or a business meeting or whatever it may be, and you're fighting in the car and you're parked. Like, do we go in? Do we finish the argument? Do we pretend we weren't fighting? Do and then you walk people? in and it's totally obvious that you've been fighting. <laughs> <laughs> go to opposite ends of the party and ignore each other, whatever it may be. Um, and so one day Raj and I, you know, people have different flavors. You're driving too fast. You're driving too slow. You're too close to the next car. In Raj's case, because he's a visionary, when we're on the freeway, he tends to start daydreaming and thinking about the future. And I might tell him, hey, our exit's coming up in two miles. And he'll say, okay. And no sooner has he said, okay, that he's right back into his visionary mode and thinking about, you know, this new future rather than thinking that our exit's coming up. And so one day I look, told him that and I looked down on my phone and then I looked up and he hadn't moved from the left lane to the right lane. I just snapped at him. I was like, you're going to miss the exit again. You know, that's, that was probably pretty nice compared to how pissed off I was. <laughs> you know, and it's really, I just, you know, women, we make things mean things. You know, I guess men do as well, but I made it mean, you know, he's not paying attention. I can't trust him. You know, he's going to miss a freeway exit and I turn it into a whole trust issue, right? <laughs> um, and... At that moment, when I snapped at him, he turned his head and he looked at me and he said very nicely, can I get a do-over, which is one of our tips. Ask for a do-over if you didn't like how something just went. And I thought, okay, you know, if he can be this calm and relaxed when I just bit his head off, I'm going to go ahead and meet him there. I'm, I'm really pissed. I'm really bothered right now. I thought, what can I do instead? I'll be hot and bothered. <laughs> so instead of snapping at him about missing the exit, I said, oh, Raj. I want this exit. Take this exit, Raj. Yes, now, this one, yes. <laughs> and I often joke, but it was totally true that I got a different kind of a rise out of him, the good kind of a rise, not the bad kind of a rise. And it was a very different circumstance. And so now whenever that happens in a car and I catch myself starting to speak with tension and being bothered, I just shifted into being hot and bothered and we both smile. And it's, a, again, going back to that very thing that was pulling you apart. Turn that around and use that to have you come together. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine getting hot uh, over a, a car argument instead <laughs> not wanting to talk to it's each other? Slow down. Yeah. I'd like it slower, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very you, different. You bring the, you bring the sec, uh, sex talk into it and it just hypes everything up. It, uh, you flip the script. Yeah. <laughs> nice move. Uh, so we had... Yeah. Sorry, Joe, we had one other tip for flipping the script. I know we're going to be wrapping up soon. Um, yeah, now, go ahead. Go time ahead. for that? Go ahead. Want to no. talk about the drama-free diet, Raj? Uh, why don't you start? I'll, I'll add. Okay, okay. I always check in with him. One of our um, habits is to name our arguments so that we know it's not um, what we're happening right now, but it's, it's a pattern. And one of them has been, uh, I can't get a word in edgewise because my name is Gabby and I talk plenty. So I always like to check in with him. So thanks for that, honey. Um, so with the drama free diet, you know, oh, two of our favorite relationship researchers, Harville Hendricks and Helen Hunt, they, uh, wrote a book a few years ago called making marriage simple. And they came out basically saying that the number one issue in relationships aren't the big things that happen. It's negativity. And they define negativity as blaming, shaming, complaining, and criticizing. 
Then our other favorite relationship researcher, um, John Gottman, came up with something you might have heard of called the magic ratio. And that is to have a positive relationship, romantic relationship, you need a five to one rela- uh, ratio of positive to negative experiences. In business, it's three to one. So if you say something nasty to a coworker, to an employee, make sure that you then go back and say three positive things, preferably about the very thing you said something negative about. Yeah. So Raj and I decided to make a game out of this as, you know, relationship fun and games. We like to make everything a game. And we said, okay, we're going to go on what we call a drama-free diet. There's no negativity. So we're not going to blame, shame, complain, or criticize. You could call it 20 minutes, 24 hours, or just a lifetime habit, depending on how much tension there is in your relationship. Start small with something you know you can win at. And so the agreement was, the game is, is if you say anything negative, you blame, shame, complain, or criticize, that you'll catch yourself and you'll say, you know, or, or if your partner has to catch you, they want to say, are you being blamey, shamey, complainy? Not, I don't appreciate you being so negative and taking <laughs> your stress your out tone. on me. I don't appreciate that tone. That usually doesn't go very well. Mm-hmm. But we'll ask, are you being blamey, shamey, complainy? And then you want to say five positive things about the very one thing that you just said something negative about. And that can take some energy to shift out of being, you know, irritated about something and then be positive about that very thing. And so it takes time, it takes effort, and ultimately you end up really learning to not blame, shame, complain, or criticize with your partner. And if you make just that change in your relationship, it's like night and day. It's just such a wonderful, beautiful shift. Yeah, it's amazing that like that tool can probably reduce the friction in relationships by 20%. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And Joel, if there's time, I'd love to say one more tip that we just use all the time. If, if there's time, is that okay if I jump in with one more tip? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Great. go ahead. Okay, so it's, it's a concept that relates both to business and relationship again, and it's called even better ifing. And uh, it's one of the most powerful business tools that I learned. I think we learned this from a friend of ours, Giovanni. And basically, in any situation, if you hold this frame of all is well, meaning the way things are now, like we can handle that, we can deal with that, that's great. And how could it be better the next time? And if you do this as a business owner, whether it's at the end of a meeting, uh, whether it's at uh, in terms of uh, a project, uh, embracing all is well and then asking, I like to say on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how is that experience, whether it's the meeting or whatever, if it's anything less than a 10, then give me one even better if. How could we make it better next time? So someone might say that was an 8 and they might say, uh, you know, I'd like, we, did, we started five minutes late, so if we start on time next time, that would bring me to a 10. So the very same thing applies to your relationship. And as you mentioned earlier, we, we divide our content into keeping the fights clean and the sex dirty. Mm-hmm. And we, we stumbled upon this in this kind of interesting way we thought, well, why don't we apply that same tip to keeping the fights clean and the sex dirty? Yeah, so we actually created one tip for keeping the fights clean and one tip for keeping the sex dirty. So the sex dirty one we call the romp recap. So within, not the hour after you've had sex, because that's the post-orgasmic chill, and you want to just relax and enjoy that. Yeah. But within an hour to 24 hours after, you have a conversation. You know, just make, talk about how the sex was. You're not scoring each other. You're scoring the overall experience together. And learning from it so it becomes as comfortable as saying, well, what would you think of that restaurant or that movie last night? And we score in the areas of intimacy, sexiness, 
and technique. And it just naturally leads you through a great conversation that pretty much guarantees you're going to have better and better sex ongoingly. And then about, I don't know, six months after that, we said, you know, why don't we do this for our arguments? We had had an argument. And Raj and I, we like to take our showers together. We, uh, we call it our water conservation program or our Sunday <laughs> room. And we some of our best conversations, you know, we start and end our day with a shower together. And we were in the shower and we had had an argument that day. And he said, well, how do you think we did with that argument? And I said, okay, let's score it. And so we score that in asking ourselves, um, how often does that fight happen? Well, we had it just 10 minutes ago, or gosh, that fight is brand new. We've never had that fight before. Because if you're having the same fight again and again and again, that should be a red flag. You want to, again, as I said, name that argument. Uh, and then we ask ourselves, how bad did it get? You know, did we cross any lines? You know, for Raj and I, we have an agreement. There's no name calling. We can separate the behavior from the person. So you might just decide for yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, did you cross any lines? Then the third question is, how long did it last? Was it, you know, 10 minutes? Was it two weeks? Um, are you still not forgiving each other? The fourth thing we look at is, um, did we use any of our tools? Was it like, what tools? We didn't apply any tools. Or like, oh, yeah, we use this tool. You know, we use the drama-free diet. You know, we use the even better if. And then finally was, uh, did we learn any lessons? So leaving that argument, what have we learned and can we take to the next one? So really looking at, okay, you know, this goes back to the problem is the path. And that when you have a breakdown, Go ahead and do an even better if. Don't make the breakdown wrong, but embrace the breakdown and translate it into something that's going to empower you in the future. If your relationship is getting better and better and better, you can put up with a lot. If it's getting worse and worse and worse, you don't have a lot of patience for much of anything. Yeah, and through using these tools, uh, we're in our 10th year together. We just celebrated our 8th wedding anniversary, and I couldn't be more happy with my relationship. And uh, that's not the way it goes for most people when they're getting up into those uh, double digits of their relationship. <laughs> Seven-year itch and yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing, guys. That's so amazing. Congratulations on uh, making it to the 10th year, and I'm sure you have many, many, many uh, decades ahead, I'm sure. Yep, that's beautiful. So facing the fire, walking through the fire so you can have a hot relationship. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. So uh, we're about to wrap this interview up and you know, I appreciate you guys jumping on the line. We have a ton of value. We have a ton of tips and uh, so much practical advice too, which uh, the listeners can go in action straight away. So I love this episode. Uh, where can the listeners find you guys like what have you got going on right now do you have any links that they can follow to get more information or coaching from you yeah we'd love it if you'd come visit us at relationshipfunandgames.com that's relationship singular and games plural so relationship fun and games.com backslash success we put something together just for you for joel's listeners on addicted to success and this podcast and we're going to gift you our ebook it's about 60 pages laid out so that you can scan and find the tips that are most important and valuable for you and it's called how to keep the fights clean and the sex dirty and we have a lot of other things going on and offerings but you can find out more and check out that page uh, but get your ebook for free because there's tips um, in all eight categories of fights clean sex dirty before as it starts during and after so you can find the tips that most apply to what's going on in your relationship right now so you don't have to read the whole book just find exactly what you're interested in. Wonderful. More value. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Now, we're wrapping up this interview with the last question, and this is a question I ask every guest. The question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, 
what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Well, I'll start and then, then have Raj go. Um, you know, I said it before, uh, the problem isn't the problem. The problem is you think the problem is the problem. The problem is the path. And the second piece is just that life is too tough to do alone, yet a crappy relationship is worse than none at all, and a wonderful one is so worth it. So embrace the problem, lean in, choose wisely, and just know that love is worth it. And for me, Joel, uh, it's that relation, a great relationship takes work. And it's just like anything else in life. I don't know where magical thinking happened that relationships should just automatically be great. Nothing else is just automatically great in your life. Anything else that you want to be great in your life, you have to put effort and consciousness and work to have it be that way. And a relationship is no different. So embrace along the lines of the problem is the path. Embrace that your relationship is going to take something to be great. And as Gabby said, a wonderful relationship is so worth it.